Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to Film Chat, a podcast set in the year 1895 and all about a young immigrant family trying to emigrate to Manhattan, but they refuse entry because they have consumption. Mum and Dad, fearing for their little baby son's future, put the baby in a model sailboat called City of Justice and just float him out. Luckily, he arrives on the New York City shoreline by pure fate. Uh, 21 years passed, and then we catch up in 1916, where the baby boy has grown up to become Sam Foster, a thief raised by Pearly Soames, a supernatural demon posing as a gangster. When Sam turns his back on thieving and leaves the gang, Pearly sees this as an unforgivable act of betrayal and puts a price on his head. However, when Sam finds himself cornered by Pearlie's gang, he's rescued by a winged white horse, which turns out to be his guardian angel. Sam wants to move to Florida, but the horse encourages him to steal one last time from a mansion in Upper New York. The mansion in question is the home of Danny Moran, a young man dying of consumption whose fever is so high that he sleeps outside in a tent in the winter cold. When Danny discovers Sam about to rob his house, Sam assures him that he's no longer really in the crime world and was only doing it because a magical horse told him to. Danny offers to make him a cup of tea, and Sam and Danny fall in love, but Pearly Soames is on their scent. Is what I would be saying if this was a adaptation of actual film A Winter's Tale, starring Russell Crowe, Colin Farrell, and Will Smith as the devil. This is in fact just a podcast where we talk about and review films. I'm Danny Moran, and joining me is a soulful pickpocket with beautiful soft brown eyes I could just swim in. Sam Foster. Hi. Hi. Lovely. Beautiful. Evocative. This week on Film Chat, we're going to be reviewing a pair of quality independent dramas. The sort of thing that you see on the tube and you're thinking, yeah, it looks really, looks really interesting. That's kind of a nice looking advert on the tube. And then you never think about them again. Danny's going to give us the lowdown on <clears throat> Heal the Living, a French drama about an organ transplant. Um, and then I will give you my own hot take on graduation romanian family drama with thriller elements uh plus we get super excited at the chance to talk about our favorite film again kingsman the secret service the sequel to which has just dropped its first trailer we hail the launch of the cinematic shyamaverse as m night Shyamalan plans to combine the worlds of two of his three well-reviewed films and we check in with the heroic antics of intense a-lister lad and legend tom hardy all that should leave just enough time for me to start a new running segment on the show. Don't take James Gunn to town. Every week I sit down with the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn, and we have a lovely catch-up over a glass of wine. And then he's like, let's go out. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm not really in the mood, James Gunn. 
and he's like, we're going out. And then we go out, and he gets drunk, and he just embarrasses me uh, by throwing up over a girl I'm flirting with, for example. And I just never learn to leave James Gunn at home. Don't take James Gunn to town. <laughs> Wise words. Films, 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 lots of films, 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 films. He's good films, bad films, fun films, sad films, films we love, weird films, Lars von Trier films, old films, new films, some John Woo films, films that star Peter Fitch, films by David Lynch, films short, films six hours long. We've got films up to your gills with films, 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 movies. Are you feeling comfortable? Film chat has begun. Should we start with the biggest, the biggest event of the week? Let's do Bar it. Bar none. I'm not talking about the world of films. I'm talking about the whole world. Absolutely astonishing events, incredible scenes, as the new trailer for the sequel to Kingsman the Secret Service dropped. Loyal listener, close personal friend, and lovely man, Chris Young, notified us of this fact. He wrote in to say, Hi, film chat. I hope you guys are swell. I'm not, because the Kingsmen are back with a shiny new trailer. The question is, how shit and reactionary will this new film be? That is my question for you. For you. <laughs> Keep up the good work, chatters. Uh, so we watched the trailer. I watched it. We watched it. We watched it. I actually had seen it already. As soon as I this popped up on, I was browsing YouTube and I was like, "Drop everything, stop this immediately." It was the middle of the working day and urgent stuff to do, and I was like, in the "Middle of the meeting, right in the middle of a meeting." You're taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was doing those things at once, and I was like, "I've got to watch this." Sorry, stop everything else. Um, and yeah, it wasn't quite. I was, you know, I think the first movie as well didn't announce how gratuitously offensive it was, like in the trailer. Yeah, it's true. So it plays its cards a bit close to its chest on that front, but it looks like a, you know, more of the same in a way that I'm is promising what I hope will be a very satisfying hate watch. That's what I want to do. I can't wait to hate. Can't it. wait to hate watch it. I've I've hate watched the first movie like mentally many times, uh, just by reliving the experience. The most notable thing about the new trailer, I thought, is that there is another like disabled bad guy. Yeah. It's got a metal arm, cyber now. arm. Yeah, like before we had sort of razor blade legs. This What's, sort of like yeah. disabled woman of color is one of the villains in the film, <laughs> and now it's like you know white man, but he's got one arm only. Well, the thing is, I mean, we could spend all day, and let's spend all day shitting on Kingsman, but this whole like subversive take on the Bond formula is like the Bond formula ha- like has this legacy of disabled villains, but it's not a subversion of it's just the same as the it's film. Just the same. It's just the yeah. same. It's Rem- a version that just reinforces every <laughs> bad thing about about them and adds like a few extra things that they yeah. didn't even have. I mean, what did you think? Like, did you did it did it give you any cause for hope at all, or do you just think we're gonna get? No, I just sort of rolled my eyes so far. I could, I saw my brain, and my brain was not happy, and then I just rolled back, and it was still playing. Here's what I think is like the challenge to it: is that the first movie had this kind of surface level story of aspirational living, where this kid who's from like a poor backgrounds through the sweat of his own back rises to the top or something like that yeah but in this movie he starts and he already looks like a fucking member of the riot club you know he's got all the right clothes and he's got like an orange coat and he carries the correct umbrella at all times and if you say the word brogues to him he fucking spits in your face so how does that what's the 
you know, where's he go? Like, what's the arc? What's the arc? Like, how does it even pretend to be slightly progressive? You know what I mean? Because the, the original movie had that sheen to it. There's an even more elite faction of the Kingsmen. Well, like, even snootier. Yeah. What's snootier than the king? I don't know. Pope? Well, like... Uh, Popeman? I don't know. I'm trying to think. How can you get even snootier? Like, there's one very specific aristocratic family. Like, if you're not a Habsburg, yeah. you know, you're scum. Yeah, yeah. You have to have exactly the correct amount of inbreeding, very obvious in your physical If you're features. not literally related to the king. Yeah. If you're not a king man. Oh, I see. Yeah, that would be good, actually. And, like, yeah. Well, the villain is, like, Prince William. Yeah, why not? Why not? Matthew Vaughan, he doesn't play by the rules. He makes he makes films so shocking. It's a miracle that they can get past the BBFC. Yeah, in this one, probably, like, the Queen's going to get, like... The uh, Queen's going to get a fucking gang boobs bang exploded <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> She's gonna, yeah, and then it's gonna, be, like, it's gonna turn out that like there's a special explosive chip planted in the queen's boobs, and it's been there since 1945 in case like Hitler took over the country and she had to commit suicide or something. And they're gonna activate them. You know what? There definitely will be. There'll be some like crappy like Trump dig. Definitely. Oh yeah. It's gonna like no doubt his about it. dick's gonna blow off through his head, or I don't know. Yeah. Or his hair's got his two two pairs gonna fall off. Uh, and he's gonna try to grab someone's pussy, but it's gonna be like a mechanical uh, metal jaws that will like bite it off or something. I don't know. Some mechanical vagina dentata sort of thing. Yeah. Why not? You know, it's 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 edgy. It's cinema. edgy. It's edgy. It's extreme cinema. Nobody else would have the balls to do that. It's so fun, isn't born. it? Yeah. Um, Dan Noel wrote him some speculation. He says, some plot points I'm expecting to see. One, the new villain is the host of an alt-right YouTube channel who's out for vengeance against virtue-signaling cuck snowflakes with a Snapchat filter that vaporizes immigrants. Two, Eggsy's niche is threatened by the arrival of an agent from an even poorer background. The two verbally spar about who had the worst pair of trainers while growing up. And three, there's a rogue agent on the loose and the only way to take him out is to blow up a screen of I, Daniel Blake. These are all good. These are all good, but the thing about the first movie is that the villain's overarching idea was to stop global warming. Yeah. But he did it through evil means. Through evil means, yeah. So the villain wouldn't be, he would probably be some... It's more likely be an SJW. Yeah, he'd be an SJW. It's, it's going to be like someone who uh, wants I can to, cure cancer, like, but i got to blow up some orphanages. Uh, yeah, to i got to stop so. campus rape, but the only way by doing that is like raping men or something. It's going to be something edgy <laughs> like that. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I like that Dan suggests that, um, uh, you know, it would be a good compliment to our thing about an even posher group of Kingsmen. That and an even ex- poorer even guy. poorer guy. Just, yeah. uh, you know. Like Ken Shabby or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Someone who's uh, never seen the outside of a cardboard box in his entire life. Um, but it's like even just somehow an, somehow even more badass just an actual homeless person just an actual, but he's just a total badass just a total badass because he's lived on the guy. streets he's got those street skills you yeah. can't learn well obviously he did learn them but you can't teach that <laughs> <laughs> you can't what's what's great about the first movie is that this guy's talents you absolutely cannot teach but half the film is like a training sequence it's so good but all the talents he uses at the end are the ones he's learned yeah you could do that to begin with fantastic I love it yeah, I think like homeless exploitation. That's the that's the way to go. Absolutely. And he'll be like, "This is so, this is so good." We're showing people a side of homeless people they've never seen before. Yeah, it's like this is a powerful film. Superhero films announced, casting rumors leaking out. M Night Shyamalan's film is hated. Paul Thomas Anderson's is fated. Meryl Streep's Oscar tipped. Matt Damon's in a viral vid. Michael Bay's made a mint. So we were 
discussing last week, M. Night Shyamalan, he tweeted about he had a project that was so intense to write so they had to step away from the keyboard. Yeah. And like, what could it possibly be? He had to go lie down. He had to go lie down and, um, you know, sit in a sauna and think about um, trees and other calm things. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, what could it possibly be? Now we know. And he announced what his new project is through a series of tweets. And it, Class- couldn't, it couldn't be better, by the way. Classic Shyamalan style. He really teased it out. You know, he lo- it's like a narrative. It's like a filmmaking 101, just in these tweets. Absolutely. Masterpiece of structure. So he says the following. My new film is the sequel to Unbreakable and Split. It was always my dream to have both films collide in this third film. The iconic Bruce Willis returns as David Dunn. The incomparable Samuel Jackson will return as Elijah Price. I love his manner, this sort of, like, this sort of pompous MC. Like, <laughs> he, he sounds like a, like a boxing announcer. Yeah. The iconic Bruce Willis. <laughs> the incomparable Samuel Jackson. The virtuoso James McAvoy returns as Kevin, Wendell Crumb, Patricia, Dennis, Hedwig, Barry, Jade, Orwell, The Beast, Heinrich, Normal, and... Paul? I guess there's more. Paul? My favorite thing about this is just the names of all his personalities in Split. Brilliant. One of them is... Uh, the, he's one of them has three names. The middle name is Wendell, like that vomiting child from The Simpsons. Yeah. And Hedwig, the... Does he, like one of his personalities is the owl from the Harry Potter series. Yeah. <laughs> like he dresses up as an owl and he believes himself to be an owl. Another one is Orwell. Like, is he like George Orwell? The Beast? Oh, man. Heinrich, Heinrich, Heinrich Himmler? The Nazi one? Norma Desmond? Paul Potts? Has he got Paul Potts? Has he got a Paul Potts personality and a Norma Desmond personality? It's just all the impressions that James McAvoy can do. It's like it's like a night out like with James McAvoy, like going to a dinner party and him ent- entertaining you. It's a great guy. Uh, M. Night continues. And the prodigy Anna Taylor-Joy return as Cassie Cook. I'm reteaming with my partners Jason Blum and Universal Pictures for this crazy comic book thriller, and the film is called Glass. Universal Pictures will release Glass on January the 18th, 2019, all over the world. How's that for not keeping a secret? Fantastic. Well, I feel I've not seen Split. You've not seen Split. I haven't seen Split. We've both seen Unbreakable. But this yeah. is good because Unbreakable, I feel we, we can spoil, and this new story is well, kind of a bit from, spoilery. It's from 16 years ago. Whereas Split, the statute of limitation has not run out yet. Yeah. Well, but luckily we, we, we don't, we don't know. What happened, yeah. But it occurred to me, because the end of Unbreakable is revealed that... Well, should we just... Bre- in case you haven't seen this movie, yeah. right, and you don't care about it being spoiled, it's about Bruce Willis as a guy who survives a train crash, mysterious scene, it turns out that he's, like, invulnerable. He's Unbreakable. And, it's, and the, the gradual reveal of the movie is that what you're seeing is some kind of dark retelling of a, a sort of gritty superhero origin story you know before that was cool yeah superman so, but he's basically superman but he doesn't know superman he doesn't know superman and then at the end it's revealed that the guy he was talking to samuel jackson is like this wheelchair bound he's got of, brittle bones he's yeah, mr he's glass brittle bones, and he's like the super villain he's called mr glass his superpower is to have really really brittle bones and easily to, for them to break yeah and he's been deliberately bombing places to find he's looking for Bruce the superman Willis. yeah but it occurred to me because at the end, he's like, I've been looking for you people. Is he like evil Nick Fury before he was Nick Fury? Yeah, because he's also <laughs> looking for superheroes. Yeah. It's just the same motivation. Yeah, but, but, just, evil. but evil. So does James McAvoy, has he got like superpowers? Well, in the trailer for Split, there's some hint that he is going to turn into some final form that's like super evil. Wow. And there's a bit of body horror suggestion in the trailer. Like he actually physically transforms into something. Incredible. So I'm wondering if there is literally a scene in that movie where he becomes some kind of in like beast-like giant monster, maybe exactly Brilliant. like the Beast character from the X-Men franchise. 
you know, like a sort of very softly spoken intellectual giant blue monster. I mean, um, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, no other, I can't think of any comparable franchise, which is like two obviously completely different films of suddenly well, the, a 16 year gap between them. The thing that it made me think of was that, uh, that Sony's suggestion that they do a sequel to Men in Black and 21 Jump Street. It <laughs> was like a crossover called MIB 23, which made no sense at all. And then not doing it because someone like, you know, Pointed came out. out of the K-hole they were in when they like, <laughs> suggested that. And um, yeah, and, and but the, the, this one is like, it's not some like wacky producers thing. It's like wacky directors thing. Yeah. I mean, it sounds kind of silly, but it makes me want to see Split more, to be honest, because I'm like, did you see that as a superhero film as well? Like, yeah, yeah. And now, now you're making like a flat out superhero film? What is kind of interesting is that like M. Night Shyamalan had this sort of pretty steady fall from grace where he just continued to make terrible films there was a nice linear progression of declining quality in his movies and then they not even good again but his creative drop-off didn't seem to be due to like external like booze or drugs or he just somehow just forgot how to make a good film yeah and now is remembered i don't know he seemed like someone who had like about three ideas and then was struggling to you know come up with new ones but was still managing to make movies and they 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 sort of went through like from five to four stars and then down three you know <laughs> like the village was like a sort of three star movie and then lady in the water hit. lady in the water maybe was like a solid drop i haven't actually seen it but it got absolutely hammered i know he played he's in it and he plays a film critic does he yeah that probably that probably does he turn directly to camera and he's like this is rubbish yeah he does do that yeah every 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's a fascinating figure in a way very like very unusual one in the cinema landscape. I think we should watch this film, Danny, and I think we should review it on Film Chat, even though it's like way out of time, you know. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sam, is there any other news left in the world? There is some news left in the world, Danny. I've actually got a little bit of it. A little bit of little news right here that you've prepared for me and put on uh, into this document, which is very kind of you. So the Cannes Film Festival is coming up. We were briefly thinking about going to it for real, uh, but it looks like we have to go to it in a fancy world since we did not meet the deadline for applying for a press accreditation, even though we are real press journalists. Um, But they've... Yeah, press journalists. (laughs) My real press journalist. Press press man. Um, But they've announced the jury for the festival and it is a fascinating lineup which includes some extremely beloved uh, directors Marin Arde the director of Tony Erdman which was such a good movie that just makes me more interested in the jury you know I'm just like I want to see what decisions they make yeah they can make some really brilliant decisions um, and Park Chan-wook is also on the jury the director of Old Boy and recent movie The Handmaiden which we also thought was very good very good very very highly Fan Bing Bing you know, Fan Bing Bing. Of course, Fan Bing from Bing. From Iron Man 3, and she's also in X-Men First Class, I believe. Is that Days correct? of Future Days of Future Past. Past. She's the one who goes through the portals and stuff. She's on there. Uh, the president is Pedro Almodovar, who's an awesome dude. He also had a really good film recently, Julieta, from last year. Paolo Sorrentino, 
who's hot shit thanks to the young pope all these guys you're thinking like who else i mean they've who got else? almost every acclaimed like european director going on the jury uh and they they topped it all off with will smith will dead shot himself <laughs> wow no, no he, ne- less, he never misses no less a good film than the guy who had a story credit for after earth he's in it he's he's on the jury giving his takes yeah i mean i have to say that although he's got a lot of star power his choices what he considers to be a good film i don't know if we can rely on that well any man who decides to make suicide squad and collateral beauty yeah um i mean and passes on django and passes on django and chain and it's like no, no, no the movie for me is suicide squad i'm not sure about that yeah yeah if they end up giving a sort of retrospective palm door to collateral beauty we'll know something's up like that's going to raise your it eyebrows. It is kind of interesting because you wonder what is the sort of power dynamic in the jury. Like, do the directors like look down on the actors and like, come on, like, surely they you, do. They, they do. It's like surely they. It's do. like who votes this? Like, really? Well, like I'm literally <laughs> Pedro Almodovar. You're gonna tell me what a good film is? Yeah. How many films you made? Just the none, is it? Okay. Fuck is I assume this up. He's quite abrasive, right? Almodovar. Yeah. He is. <laughs> He's very angry and aggressive and rude man. I mean, the other actors. Uh, Jessica Chastain's on the Jessica Chastain is on it, yeah. And but she seems like a per- person who makes quite interesting career decisions, with the exception of Huntsman: The Winter's War. Yeah. She generally goes for like pretty meaty, dramatic roles. Yeah, that's she cheap. strikes me as a woman of taste. Will Smith. She's uh, a woman of taste. She's a woman of taste. She's a woman of fine taste. Fine taste, woman. Whereas Will Smith is like, am I awesome in it? Yeah, I mean, the, we have mentioned him already on the podcast due to his cameo as the devil in A Winter's Tale, a film that was completely slammed critically like almost every film will smith has been involved in recently yeah so it's an odd one it kind of sounds like a publicity stunt don't you think yeah absolutely just to raise the profile of the Cannes film festival hey will smith is on jury everyone you remember maybe he'll like do a sort of theme song for Cannes film festival like in sort of wild wild west style to launch that'll be like the launch party of the whole fe- film festival actually on that note you know what i'm looking forward to is because Pedro Almodovar is quite a stylish dude. He always looks like a badass with his like glasses and his cool hair. Very I'm cool. looking forward to him like out peacocking the actual actors. Oh yeah, like, he's going to be the most coolest guy there, obviously, because yeah. he is. Love I mean, yeah, I'm sure they will. They will all look very cool lined up. It's definitely it'll definitely be an attractive looking. Oh yeah, uh, attractive looking panel. Most bangable panel the cans ever had, probably. Very extremely bangable. And now for Danny to review a film he recently saw Was it staggeringly brilliant? Was it ass-quenchingly poor? How did Danny form a judgment? We're about to hear his thoughts If he does a rubbish job, then Sam will tell him off So, Repérer les vivants Or to you non-French speakers Healing the living It is directed by Catel Quivillère and written by her and Giles Terrant. I just, <laughs> I should be French. Based on the book of the same name by Mélie de Carangal. And uh, at the beginning of the film, a young teenager is involved in a car accident, which uh, leaves him on life support, but uh, brain dead. And he's got a healthy heart, and the parents agree to donate it. He's, and he's quadruspads on a life glug. He's completely quadruspads on a life glug. They can't do anything about it. And the film is all about him, the two medical teams involved with the transplant, and the woman who will be receiving his heart. And it's a little kind of portmanteau character piece that examines the lives of everyone involved in this process. Uh, here is a clip. No, je suis désolé. Il s'en est mort. Give the heart to somebody else. Much better. He would have Mr. Heart in the bin, that'd be no good. Give heart to a person. Much better. So, 
on paper, it's not the most appealing of prospects. And there have been so many bad versions of this kind of movie. Most of them made by Paul Haggis. And <laughs> uh, that kind of, hey man, we're all connected. It's a bit uh, babyly. Yeah, and it has, you know, those films that have the veneer of importance just by having a massive scope but actually are a bit nothingy and pretentious. Well, actually, the uh, Amoris Paros is, uh, is what I thought of first, another Inyaritu movie. And he made 21 Grams, was also about hard trucks. Like, Amoris Paros is all centered around a car crash as well. Yeah, well. It's been, it's been up. But... Well, Inyarito, this is very, unlike Inyarito, this is quite a subtle and tonally varying film. Yeah. And even though it might have a superficial resemblance to those kind of movies, uh, is actually really excellent, and it really won me over. And I think one of the reasons is the actual plot mechanism of donor transplant makes all the sentiment very earnest. And it's not some omniscient filmmaker showing you the insects in your lives, like that guy you had an argument over your coffee is actually married to the woman who was nursing your old mother or yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. You know, this is actually something that happens in real life, and it's very unusual and interesting thing to discover about like the infrastructure of how donor transplants work i didn't really know anything about and it's a very cool thing and modern science is awesome and kind of going back to that sort of like hey man we're all connected point there's other movies kind of try and fail to do in this way this message is much more genuine because there is something intrinsically cool about donor transplants there's a real life example of human compassion there's no real reason for it to exist other than people are nice so like the story is intrinsically slightly emotive because of its subject matter but the film is aware of that so it doesn't play up to it at all there's nothing overwrought about it and the direction is incredibly well assured and really well judged and it's a very sincere movie and also very visually inventive and it really treads that line between realism and expressionism very well and even though the plot could be a plot of like holby city or something and a lot of the movie is people in rooms talking it finds a way to make this really cinematic and there's nothing cliched visually about the film every time it has a moment to be cinematic it is cinematic and it really takes um has some genuinely really stunning moments and it also doesn't really focus on the larger picture but just focuses on those little intimate moments and just the movie will take care of itself if yeah. that makes sense yeah, yeah. it's a bit well i don't want to invoke moonlight because that's like a perfect movie but it's kind of similar thing there's like a focus on people's humanity which is just very endearing and the portmanteau structure allows the film to have these kind of interesting switches in tone. And there's this very sweet teenage love story element. And then there's obviously this kind of tragic element with the parents grieving. And then there's this kind of interesting workplace drama with the actual surgeons involved. And it doesn't feel the need to give everyone elaborate backstories or overall emotional journeys to maintain your interest. And this is particularly true of the doctor characters. And it's just kind of cool to watch professionals do their job. Uh, they're just awesome and it's kind of it makes it even cooler because they're like they're having a crappy day and they're like you know drinking coffee and then they got to go tell someone that their son's dead but then they do with like absolute amazing professionalism and then yeah. like you know you see them carrying on their day and it's like oh, doctors are cool it's not not easy to do that not easy to do that job i always thought it'd be really easy but this film convinced me it was hard <laughs> yeah and so it's not like i've seen some reviews that said it was like there's some gut punch of a movie i think it's very slight and very kind of quietly affecting it will stay with you and it ends with a Bowie song. So, it's a good way to end. Five stars. Five stars. Perfect for that. film. Yeah. I thought it was terrible to that end credit song when I was like, best movie ever. Yeah. And then you sort of rationalize every uh, <laughs> good point backwards. Yeah. So, well worth a watch. Looks like Sam's got a film to review. He's just getting ready now. 
Hey Sam, here's a few tips for you that I hope are gonna help you out. You gotta come prepared, try not to rush, speak directly into the mic. Um, don't sort of use filler words too much and try to avoid talking total shite. Okay, start reviewing now. It's time for Sam's review. Not yours. That's finished. You've had your chance, all right? We've got another film now. One that I'm talking about. Uh, Graduation. <laughs> this is a Romanian film. Uh, I'd seen a bunch of adverts for it on the tube. It also won Best Director at the Cannes Film Festival, so it comes with a little bit of pedigree. What? Uh, this is a uh, sort of family drama film. It centers around one guy who's called Romeo. Uh, he is a doctor living in uh, Romania, in a town in Romania, and trying to get his daughter he's got quite a precocious uh, clever daughter and she has earned a scholarship to get to cambridge university uh if she gets a certain that's where katie went yeah, hey. you gotta get a canter bridge in the room here you got a cambridge graduate just sitting in the, sitting sitting over there, over in the corner. no a lot of talk quiet you no i'm kidding i'm kidding get in here no stay back there what's your take on cambridge it's great she doesn't like it okay <laughs> Um, so that's what I, most of the movie is very distracting because I was thinking about Katie, the fact that she went there. I was like, "What? That's the take. Uh, someone went to Cambridge. I know that. I know that place. You dated someone. Went to I dated someone. I dated someone who went there. This film's crazy. This film's crazy. Um, and uh, yeah. So anyway, so she's trying to get there. She has to get certain grades uh, in order to make it, and uh, she is attacked on the day before one of her exams. Um, which throws everything into uh, throws everything up in the air basically, and the movie is basically about centers around the efforts of her father to kind of contain and control his life and keep it on the straight and narrow. And there are various forces tearing it apart, both because of his own actions and because of the society that he lives in, the circumstances that he's facing. It's a very reserved film. It's really good though. It's the sort of film you describe one might describe as quietly gripping. The camera is very still. It doesn't move around a lot. It's got a real sense of voyeurism. People have compared it to Hidden, and there's some plot elements as well that's similar to Hidden, in that, well, the first thing that happens in the movie is that a rock gets thrown through the family's window, and they don't know who did it. And so they're sort of wondering, like, was that just some random vandalism, or is somebody, like, watching the house? You know, Some sort of vendetta. Some sort of vendetta. And that is kind of hanging over the movie, and there's this sort of, like, undercurrent of danger, basically, to everything. Right. Um, and it's... It's just very, like, it's all very carefully made and well composed and really well observed as well. Uh, and the other movie that it reminded me of was A Serious Man, the Coen Brothers movie, which is this portrait of a kind of middle class guy who doesn't understand his life and uh, everything he tries to do to make his life work just makes things worse, basically. And this movie is kind of similar. But the thing that's interestingly different about the two is that A Serious Man is a very sort of anti-spiritual or philosophical film, which is basically about how things are meaningless, events happen with no purpose whatsoever, and you cannot control what's going on. So, and in, in your attempts to try just make you look like an idiot. Like, there's that line, I think this might be a, I'm just going to, just to sound pretentious for a moment, I think it's like some Nietzsche line where it's Ooh. like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And that's like kind of what A Serious Man is about. Okay. Blown Check Danny. out the big bl- brain I- on Sam over here. <laughs> blown down anyway with that one. I pressed probably a misquote. Probably a misquote. Uh, even the Cambridge graduate over here is looking pretty <laughs> impressed. Whoa. It's not easy to do. It's a hard university to get into. Yes. I hear. Um, I didn't get in. I tried. They said no. What the fuck is that about? I didn't even try. That's so bullshit. They still didn't let me in. What's anyway, so, uh, but this movie, by contrast, is about a very specific social and political reality that is constraining them. 
and the the particularly interesting thing about it is this portrait of like everyday corruption a society in which corruption is completely endemic and how people live their lives trying to be good people and with very strong moral senses and very careful like the main guy he's he's an interesting figure because he's very reserved and he's just very very he's got a very cautious outlook and all of his decisions are made for very specific reasons and he never like flies off the handle or you know not it's hard to get him to do that basically um and uh but it's sort of putting someone who has that kind of attitude in a situation where they are sort of forced to bend the rules because like the rules kind of are that you bend the rules you know what i mean yeah the Everyone, game's rigged so you're a sucker the game you is rigged and you have to and like i think that 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 kind of applies to all sorts of different kinds of societies as well but in this particular one the way it, the way it's sort of uh manifest itself is that people are constantly doing each other little favors and there's all this kind of like uh well i helped this guy out once so uh you know if you do this thing for me he'll help you do this you know yeah and he's he sort of has to kind of get his hands a little dirty in this world in order to try to put the pieces of uh, his life back together or sort of make sure that they stay together rather than fall apart so dramatically there's quite a good engine basically because you can see the way in which this guy he's like very smart and capable is not quite managing basically yeah things are coming apart at the seams and it's also just an interesting sort of slice of social observation because he well he talks about how he he had left the country and then he came back which um i sort of implied was like after the fall of ceausescu and him and his wife returned to romania hoping that they could help turn it into a better kind of society and then they realized that they couldn't do that they sort of failed and it's the difficulty of having you know basically having the attitude of somebody who wants to be in a different kind of society but you're just forced you're in the circumstances that you're in yeah and you have to do certain things to survive you know which just might mean like living your life in a way that makes you feel grubby and it was interesting because I, when i was listening i was listening to kermade's review of it and he kind of described it in a way he didn't say this explicitly but he described it in a way that made it seem as if it was like a movie about how if you let yourself be drawn into this world where you do little bad things, you get punished, you know? Yeah. But it's not, that wasn't my perspective on it at all because all the things that he did that are kind of engaging in the corruption, I was fully behind. (laughs) I was like, that is completely the right thing to do. And when people were like questioning him or like being like, oh, I think it's just wrong. I was like, well, you know, he's doing Mm. it for his daughter. I was fully on board with it. I was, you know, 100% believed that he was doing the correct thing and I would have done the same in his place. ends definitely justify the means. The ends completely just, well, you know, it depends what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. The the stuff that he was doing I thought was like completely reasonable and I was fully, like, I was fully up for it. So I I didn't think it was like a moral tale about his own like mistakes. It wasn't about how like this guy made some wrong choices and they ended up punishing him. It's about how like the society that he's in forces him to do all this stuff and like makes him miserable and like you know makes his life really shitty um everyone has this really interesting sort of laid back kind of casual attitude in it and it's something that's interesting about romanian i think as like a language because um that sounds like a totally bullshit thing to say let me justify that but he's like it's like a romance language but uh with it sounds a bit like italian or french like a mixture between the two but with a kind of slavic accent right and but everyone has that kind of like attitude you know that kind of like continental um, the continental <laughs> like gestures yeah sure and there's one particular character who's like some kind of state figure he's not the mayor but he's like some like counselor type or whatever and he's just a sort of fat old man he looks like a character from the sopranos basically and he's like you know shrugging and 
I wish this was a webcam show so I could just give you the sense of the sort of his I'll put in some sound effects of your shrugging. Mm. Um, and, uh, but it's like, it's, it's just kind of funny, you know, yeah. and very charming. And like a lot of the people, a lot of the professionals, like the doctors and the police that he deals with and the guys who like work in the council, like they all have that kind of like approach to things and they talk to each other very like, you know, it's very like man to man. We're just making a deal here, very like chilled out even though both of, like everyone is like miserable and terrified and like stressed and their lives are coming apart. So yeah, I thought it was really good. I have one quibble with the film, which is that he's got like a bad marriage um, and his wife character is a sort of caricature of like the chain smoking, miserable wife, you know, the sort of like sits by the window, never, t- never turns around to look at him, like always with a fag in her hand, just sort of like, sucking the ash into her lungs and you can see it go directly into the pallor of her face and she's just sort of becoming gray and anxious you know yeah. the type that i mean like absolutely oh, oh, my life is so bad why did i marry you why did i marry you it's <laughs> got a strong boston accent <laughs> that's how she talks yeah, you fucking asshole why am i marrying this dick fuck you um that's how she sounds so that's i think that's the only she's the only character who basically felt kind of broad like just like a bit like yeah at odds with the nuance of the yeah like she there wasn't a lot of nuance that character right you know um but other than that i thought it was really good i i thoroughly enjoyed it i always think that it's kind of impressive when there is a movie where which is on the surface so flat and that there's like no music and like the camera barely ever moves and you're still kind of clinging you know i was like i was hooked awesome yeah i'm gonna check it out my favorite film stars Bridget Bardo. She's the queen, but she wants to be in radio. So she starts a podcast with her friends, and the terrorists try to stop her, but she beats them in the end. And finally, it's Big been news. It's been an exciting week for one of our favorite actors, Tom Hardy. Love that guy. When he's not uh, speaking incomprehensible accents and being in lackluster BBC shows and, <laughs> and quite good movies, yeah. He's chilling in his, his pad in Richmond. He's a local boy. Practically neighbours. Yeah. He's always popping around for I mean, a cup wh- of why sugar. Why haven't we seen him down the uh, down the cricketers or down, down the cricketers. Down revs, you know? Well, he's, uh, he's in he's in the programme, right? He's uh, giving up drug and booze. Oh, has he? Yeah. He was like a tearaway guy and like he uh, went to rehab. And why haven't we seen him down Lush or down... Uh, down uh, Itsu. Down Itsu. Down, uh, down uh, Jack Willis. Down Jack Wills. <laughs> I don't know. It just keeps himself. I see him down pool having a having a coffee and yeah. a pastry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though he plays heroes on the big screen, yes. turns out he's a bit of a hero in real life because. Uh, they... Do you think it would have been better if it was like though he plays villains on the big screen? <laughs> no, he plays. Though he plays heroes and villains, though he plays villains on the big screen, he's something of a hero in real life. Perfect. I love it so professional and uh the other day uh ne'er-do-well moped thief tried to steal someone's moped hardy was on the case yeah he chased them down but you don't steal you don't steal a moped if you got hardy around listen everyone knows that richmond is hardy's manor okay yeah and nothing happens there without hardy say so everyone in there like everybody in richmond is hardy's boys yeah and you do not you just don't. You just don't you mess. Just don't with, do it. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. That's why crime is so low in that area. Yeah. You know, when you go to Richmond and it just looks like this beatific, tree-lined sort of middle-class paradise. That's yeah. only because Tom Hardy lives there. Yeah. It, was it a, used to be like this sort of total shithole. Absolute shithole. It looked like Amsterdam from The Wire. Just like complete drug, uh, knife crime, sort of um, seventh circle of hell. 
Hardy moved in. Uh, kicked out. He just kicked out the bad guys. Yeah. Real oh. Batman situation. That's Hardy for you. And uh, yeah, he chased the the real life villain down, wrestled him to the floor, and performed a sentence of rest on him. Just performed one, right? Just on performed him. one. He just performed <laughs> it. <laughs> right on him. He's a performer, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's, that's what he does. That's his. That's his profession. Yeah, and um, I've uh, obtained some exclusive audio of the incident. Oh, that's exciting! So we get to hear a bit of bit of Tom, bit of Tom doing his thing, his crime fighting. Yeah. Should I just play it? I would love it if you did that. Yeah. I'm performing a citizen's arrest. I've written my own Miranda rights, which I will now read to you. As I arrest you, I will feed you hope to poison your soul. I will let you believe you can survive, so that you can watch the people clamoring over each other to stay in the sun. This is arrest related. You can watch me torture an entire city. And when you have truly understood the depth of your failure, we will fulfill Ra's al Ghul's destiny. What are you all about? Ra's al the, the Batman character from the Batman films. You're off your fucking rocket, Tom. If you continue to steal, you will destroy Richmond. But when you have been arrested, you have my permission to die. You can just die if you like. Get off me. Great. I love it. I love that he uses his Bane voice when he's out and about. He's a great... He's a national treasure, isn't he's he? He's a top lad, isn't he? He's like a right... He's like a right geezer with great bants. Top bants. So, uh, that's it for this week's film chat. We're done with that now. No more of that. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing what? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, maybe? Sure. If that's out. I think my mum was to see Their Finest. I know I said that a couple of weeks ago. Sometimes but... I feel like they only make these films purely for your mum, you know? like. Yeah. I mean, I hope they break even, because... I mean, she only, only my up. Only yeah. that once. She only yeah. sees it one time, so... Yeah. And she takes me, and we use it Orange Wednesdays, or Meerkat Wednesdays, whatever it's called. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to call it. I, it, it, de- it debases us to refer to it as Meerkat Wednesdays. It's yeah. childish. It's childish. It's childish. So, yeah. So, so that'll probably be it. We'll do two that. More, two more great films. More great uh, chatting. The chat will go on. See you then. Bye. Bye. Now, you have no idea what now is. Now, I was flying. Now, I breathed fire and I ate them as they fled. Now, I whipped my tail and the winds trembled. Now, I am hidden in this pale shade of flesh and bone. Now, I am witness to man's eternal salvation. Now, I am witness to his demise. Do not speak to me of time, demon. Its simplest ebbs and turns elude your meager understanding. Find another way now! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.